Well, it's not long now until Sydney open up the season. They're going to take on Melbourne Thursday, March the 7th. The first game of opening round is going to come around very, very quickly. And one man who will be there and has been a star of the Swans and now a genuine star of the competition. He's top five in the league. He's third in the fourth in the Brownlee medal, I should say, and he's 21 years of age, which is scary. Their midfielder, Errol Goulden, joins us. Errol, thanks for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's coming up quick. Like, you feel like physically you're prepared to play a game in only a matter of weeks? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it might sneak up for you guys. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a bloody okay. long pre-season for us, I'll be honest. So, um, yep. yeah, very much looking forward to uh, to three weeks' time. I think we've, we've had a really good um, patch of work under our belt um, pre-Christmas and then post-Christmas as well. And, um, yeah, we're very excited for three weeks' time. So for that game... Give me your four starting on bowlers at the first bounce in the centre square because I'm struggling to filter out who's going to be there and who's not going to be there. It's pretty stacked. Yeah, it is. I think it's um, it's certainly a good problem to have, though, and I definitely don't envy the match committee's job of of putting uh, the 40 fit blokes into 23 that we've got at the moment. So I don't want to give too much away. We've got a mm. couple of things uh, working, but um, hopefully there's a big fellow around number four in Iraq, which will uh, definitely make a massive difference for us. Yeah, that'll help. Um, I spoke to John Longmire last week on SEM Breakfast, and we asked him about you, and he said, you know, you see the, the flashy stuff and, and the impact you have on games, but one thing you may not notice is your on-field ability to understand what's going on out there and to direct traffic and to make adjustments, I suppose, um, tactically. Do you feel like you've got the power now to say, oh, hang on, our midfield mix is not right here. You step out, he'll step in, and, and that's a better balance. Are you able to make those on-field calls now with where you're at in your development? Yeah, 100%. I think um, that's a great thing about the senior boys in our team as well is they respect that. And, um, you know, I think that uh, I've probably earned the right over the past couple of seasons. But um, the thing is with our team is it doesn't matter who you are or what your experience is, if you've got something to say that's going to benefit the team, you say it, and it's respected by everyone. So, um, yeah, I definitely feel comfortable enough to, to make a call if it be that or, um, you know, even talking to horse when I come off to the bench, we often go back and forth with kind of ideas and how I'm feeling out there and, and trends of the game and whatnot. And if that helps the team out, then um, I wouldn't want any one of the boys not speaking up if they saw something that mm. they thought would move on. Often when Sydney lose, we, we look at the midfield numbers and we go, gee, I've been smashed in there, either scores from stoppage or contested ball. When you win, it's the, the, the opposite side of the coin. Why is that? I mean, I know the ruck's been a, a factor and you've addressed that in the off-season, but with the names you've got through that midfield, are you surprised that often that group has been the group that's let you down? And is that fair? Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely fair. I think it's definitely um, a key indicator for success, probably not just for us, but you look across the competition and, year in, year out, the top four sides are generally there about to top four contested footy as well. It's obviously where the game is won and lost, particularly in finals. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been somewhere that's probably let us down um, last season, particularly in the first half of the year. And, um, look, I think if we can rectify it a little bit going to this year, which we have obviously off-field with recruits, but we've also been training it really hard and focusing pretty heavily on stoppages as midfielders. Um, we feel like we're pretty good in, in transition and um, there's a lot of running power and a lot of blokes that can kind of filter through. But if we can really refine it on stoppages, it's definitely going to help us win more games of footy. What's the balance? We, we've seen a bit of carnage at Hawthorne today and some of those injuries you can't help. I mean, Dylan Moore's got glandular fever. You can't help that. And, and Blank's done a knee through no contact, so you can't help that. But what's the, the balance between that combative training but also not going too hard so you don't get hurt or you, you can't really focus on that at training? No, you definitely. It's definitely something we speak about, um, and I think as well, you know, 
moving forward, I think um, with concussions and things like that, like it's probably mm. the, the way the game's heading with training, kind of moving away from contact. And the last thing you want to do in the preseason is hurt one of your teammates. So we definitely speak about it. And we've got, um, you know, different modes that we train. And um, funnily enough, we actually use kind of breeds of dog as, as a way of our intensity at training. So your pit bull's kind of your game day and, you know, you're working back to your poodle, which is pretty much non-contact. So that's kind of how we go with it, which is pretty different. <laughs> but, um, no, it's definitely something you have to speak about because... Yeah, as I said, the last thing you want to do is, is hurt one of your teammates in a, in a pre-season session. So tell me about a little bit more about that. So if you walk into the meeting room and there's a picture of a pit bull, you know, you know we're on. And if there's a picture of a, a poodle, you know just to, to ease back. And if someone's sitting under a highball, look after them and, and almost sort of touch pressure. Is that the way it works? Or is it just a call that a coach will make yeah, out there? During the game, during training? No, no, it's, it's something that we'll discuss pre-training. And, um, yeah, it used to be more so we'd have the photo up in the in the pre-training meeting. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely it's a pretty, pretty easy system to understand as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit different, but it works for us. How many breeds of dogs have we got? Uh, I think we, we're around five or six. So, <laughs> who um, else, get, yeah, who pretty, else gets some love? Beg your pardon? What other breeds get some love? I think we had Kelpie in there. Nice. Uh, I think we might work there at the Border Collie as well. So, <laughs> so you get, of, yeah, running. Yeah, if it's a road. Kelpie, you plenty of running on the, on the on the day. I reckon. I like that. I I like the little things that uh, each club has individually because we see so much of, of uh, clubs copying each other now and and uh, copying what works. So that that's nice. I like that that insight. It's terrific. The new facility looks amazing. Like, um, how is it best used, and what's the best feature of it? Yeah, it's it is really amazing. We're we're so lucky as a football club to have, um, you know, have access to this facility. And if you're ever around Sydney, you should definitely pop your head in. It's um it's really special. And um yeah, I think the main thing for us is um you know being able to work together and um you know do our stuff together. We had a really really small gym when we we're at the SCG, so now we can all get into the gym together and um just kind of streamlines our our day of training. So it's more efficient. Um and obviously the recovery facilities are probably the biggest thing for me. I think that we've improved on and. Um, yeah, we've got an amazing state-of-the-art recovery facility. So we've got the hot, the hot bath, the ice bath, sauna, um, lap pool, and um, our strength and conditioning staff have been really massive on us honing in on the one percenters um, over pre-season and recovery being the main one. So got a few interesting protocols that we go through in there, and um, I think it's made a, a world of difference to how the boys are pulling up. So I'd say that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing for us is uh, yeah, being that recovery um, facility. You touched on on Brody Grundy, and you, you probably don't do an interview with that been asked about him but I'm interested in Taylor Adams because he's not backward in coming forward and I can't imagine it took him too long to assimilate into the group and show his leadership and his demand on on his teammates now did he do that from day one yeah absolutely he did um yeah I think it was pretty clear over in you know from day one I think actually me and Ollie Ollie Florent were over in Berlin when he got traded to the Swans and he was over there at the same time went and had dinner with him and um, I knew that like after the dinner, the impact that he's going to have on our footy team is going to be you know, huge. And that's, that's not so much on the field. It's the way he leads off the field and his standards. Um, I've never seen anyone train um, to a standard that he does. He just gets the absolute most out of himself every session. Mm. But um, so knowledgeable, obviously. He's been around the block now and played in some really success- successful teams. And he's bringing little um, gold nuggets of wisdom and, and info to us every day. And um, yeah, he's unapologetically himself and um, yeah, we love it and he's just uh, brought such a new dimension to leadership in, in his own special way and yeah, it's definitely um, helping the boys. Speaking to Errol Goulden from the Swans, gearing up for their opening game, March the 7th against the Demons, uh, opening round, he finished fourth in the Brownlow medal, he's 21, the world is uh, at his feet. Let's talk about some of the other youngsters, I mean, you're stacked everywhere. 
I guess the one area of concern, maybe your, your one key defender, short. I know Hamlin comes in, so that helps with your depth. But I'm focusing on the, on the forward line and whether Logan McDonald can can really step up and command it. Because, we've look, we've seen it in patches. Errol and his, his work rate is really strong. And there's some things in his game that are, are really admirable. But consistently, he hasn't done it yet. Is he ready to take that next leap without Buddy there? Yeah, I definitely think he is. He's, he's definitely um, going to a... A new level this preseason. Um, you know, I don't think you can place too much blame on him. It, it would be pretty hard for a young key forward coming in. You've got Lance Franklin there. It's, it's, you know, you can say that it's not intimidating, and um, you know that he's not a massive presence, but he is. And um, so to have, have kind of that hole left in the forward line and be up for grabs um, for Logan is amazing. And I think from what I've seen so far this preseason, he's definitely going to take that opportunity with both hands. But. Um, you know, we mentioned Logan, but we've also got Joel Lamarty, Hayden McLean, who, um, you know, at times last year as well yeah. showed how good they both were. And I think, obviously, with key forwards and, um, you know, key position players in general, it can take a couple more years to kind of develop and, um, you know, really find a spot in the side. And um, I can see all three of them, you know, playing really solid footy for us this year as well. And um, also another young fellow who took in the draft, Sam Reid, um, who missed all last year. So it's going to be good to have Reedy back fit and firing as well. Mm. Yeah, I agree with those two, McLean and Amadi. Amadi um, looked like he was buddy at one stage. I think it was against Hawthorne early on in the year in his first half, and he kicked five or something. It took about eight contested yeah, marks. Three, like, what, three what, brown what, levels and a half. <laughs> what is happening here? Who's this guy? Um, so he's got some tricks. Hopefully he can hold it together with his body as well. Had a couple of issues um, last year. Am I right in saying that you're out of contract at the end of this year? I am, yes, correct. How, how, do, you, how do you feel about that? I mean, other players, and we're seeing a lot of re-signings and, and long-term signings, and um, we're, we're reading that 19 players earned a million dollars. I think there was eight that earned above 1.2. You're in that category, Errol. You're, you're, you're a 1.2, $1.3 million player now. That's, that's undeniable. How do you psychologically go into a season out of contract, and, and what's your thought process? Um, well, I think if anyone said it's not something they think about, they're absolutely kidding themselves. I definitely do think about it. It is, you know, it is my future, and um, it's obviously extremely important. But um, at the same time, I have full faith that the the footy club and myself are going to, you know, work things out in due course, and um, we're in no rush. I think, you know, it's definitely probably something I think about more at the moment with no games on and stuff like that in comparison mm. to when the season starts. So. Um, you know, there's always stuff going on in the background and it's probably not something I really want to talk about on, on the radio, but, um, yeah. you know, I love this footy club. I love the direction we're heading, the coaching staff, the group of players, um, obviously the facility you mentioned. And, you know, I'm, I'm born and bred Sydney boy and been at the club since I was pretty much 10 years old. So I love the Swans and, um, yeah, these things will take care of themselves in due course. Yeah, I might just press you one more and then you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but the club would love to do it now. Like if you said to them, I'm ready, I'm ready. Have you, have you got a time frame for you when you when you think maybe right? Is it halfway through the year or yeah, are you happy to leave it until the end of the year if need be? Oh, it's, a, it's a tough one. I think, you know, there's obviously conversations going on all the time between um, my manager and the club and I think when it suits both of us um, at the correct time, it's something that we'll address fully and... Um, yeah, as I said, I'm very happy with where we're at as a footy club, where I'm at as an individual and where I sit in the footy club. And, um, yeah, I love playing at Sydney. And, yeah, it will we'll take care of itself in due course, hopefully. What have you personally worked on um, in your game? I mean, there's, I'm, I'm struggling to find a weakness, to be fair. I, you know, I don't want to be a big pump-up for Errol Goulden tonight, but it's, it's hard to find one. But the, the best players, the elite, Lockie Neal, continually work at their games. For, for you, what are those one percenters that you've worked on? Yeah, I think sometimes you can fall into the trap of, of trying to find weaknesses and work on that. But I kind of like to go the other way. I like to find what my strengths are and I want to continually make make sure that they're improving as well. And I think if I can do that, 
um, as well as obviously working on the, the key areas in my game that I need to improve. I think for me it's probably, you know, putting in a little bit of size and um, hopefully trying to spend a little bit more time playing as an inside mid. I obviously love playing out on the wing and um, have the ability, having the ability to kind of go inside and outside um, based on what the game gives. But, um, you know, if I can work on that whilst also, you know, looking to improve the way I see the game and, um, you know, think I could take my running to another level as well, which hopefully I've done this pre-season and uh, I'm big on working on kind of those things. But, you know, also working on my kicking and decision-making and I feel like, um, you know, as you know, playing at the highest level, you're never ever satisfied with, with how you're going and you always want to improve week in, week out. So that's kind of the, the mindset I take to it. Do you want to captain the club one day? Yeah, I would love to, definitely, yeah. Mm, all right, I think you're uh, on the way, mate. I uh, appreciate your time, honestly. Um, we've we've loved what you've done, particularly in the last couple of seasons, or to be fair, since you burst onto the scene in, in 2021. Uh, fourth in the Brownlow, 27 votes, and we all think Sydney are going to be uh, pretty exciting to watch, as always, this year. I appreciate it, Errol. Good luck for the year. No, thanks, Ken. Appreciate it.